0: this is the fantasy focus baseball podcast here are your hosts tristan cockroft and eric Arabell.
1: Hi there and welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Wednesday morning, March 6, 2019. I am Eric. He is Tristan. with us today, our versatile researcher and pal, Kyle Sapi. Courageous editorial watchdog, Leo Howe, And awesome producer, Daniel D. Dopp. The season starts two weeks from today, Tristan. There's an actual baseball game. That counts. Two weeks from today, it'll be played in Japan. Oakland and Seattle, Ichiro will be playing. And uh, I'll be waking up early to watch it. I assume you will too? Oh, without a doubt. We setting that alarm and waking up
0: unusually early with uh, triple the the coffee intake. I got to say though, you, you you don't sound excited enough. I mean, after the past week, I would have expected a lot more, you know, enthusiasm. excitement. week.
1: What? You sound pretty you had dour. a dour. I, th- I I'm
0: yelling. You sound dour. They both <laughs> of go there with me. <laughs> but you you had you had a delicious plate of bacon. I mean, and that was the only really positive thing in the past week. But that clearly that should have made your week. You should have been you know like
1: dancing in the streets here. I mean, what's going on? You would think that we actually have like stock investments in Matt's Big Breakfast for the amount of (laughs) times we talk about that place in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, For those who don't follow our Twitter, Tristan and I were in Arizona this past weekend to watch baseball, um, to compete in the labor auctions, and of course, eat well. And we did all three. We'll We'll discuss that as well as the recent news, including a signing. I think the Phillies signed somebody. And then later on... A further announcement about the Vampire League and, of course, many hash browns. Here we go with the buzz. All right. Briefly, before we get to the news, um, so we were in Arizona, and I thought it was poetic justice that the first hitter you saw was at Alberto Monesi and he hit a home run on the second pitch. Yeah. And, but uh, that's, not the, that's not the takeaway. What happened on the first pitch? The takeaway, I, I replied to your tweet by saying, wait, he took the first pitch? Yeah. <laughs> that was more surprising. <laughs> he uh, did. Hey, alert, news alert,
0: everybody. Adalberto Mondesi took a pitch on the first pitch of the count. I can't
1: believe it. There's, I, I don't know if there's anybody more volatile in drafts right now. I've got him ranked at like 75. You have him at like 150. The ADP, which may not be updated, is even later than that. He's going to move up as people see what he's doing this spring Uh, But let's talk briefly about what else we saw. We know what he can do. We know the risk in uh, securing monesty to our teams. He could bat 210. He could bat 250. We think he'll run all day. Um, What else did we see? What else did you see in that Royals game uh, it was against the Angels uh, that you that you took away for fantasy purposes. If anything, maybe nothing. Ooh, the Royals game. Uh, I'm trying to remember. That's the one game I didn't see with you.
0: Yeah, see, they didn't throw any of the the premium. I mean, not that there were an awful lot of premium name pitchers there uh, to sort out, but there were there was really nothing there that, that would have caught my eye on the mound. They they used uh, kind of secondary pitchers. Um, on the offensive side, nothing really else that stood out to me. Uh, I did get a, a good look at Joe Adele, a guy that uh, – in a couple of uh, couple of cases, I've also watched a couple of the the games on TV with him where I'm still very impressed about that future. I don't think he's going to be up at the beginning of the year, but I, I still argue they, that there might be um, an appearance by him later in the year. The other one, too, uh, I'm curious as to whether Matt Theis – uh, the first baseman for the Angels, yeah. could see a little bit of time at some point this year. Remember, they're going to have to fill that DH and first base, a, a portion of that role, be, uh, before
1: Shohei Otani returns. Isn't that the game where Justin Bour hit one literally on the highway? Out of the ballpark? Yep. Out of the stadium? Yep. Okay. Well, I don't know I don't if it was on the, the, the highway. That would be quite a hit. I mean,
0: it is a big, big <laughs>
1: parking lot beyond the fence, but it was close. <laughs> like, if there was an accident, could he get in trouble for that? Hitting a ball into the highway? Probably (laughs) protected by something, right? Probably, yeah. (laughs) Um, We also saw the Padres and Indians, and that was Joey Lucchese versus Shane Bieber, two guys that we really like. I I have Bieber on all kinds of leagues, both fantasy and sim. Lucchese looked great. Uh, Matt Strom relieved Lucchese in that game, and I made the offhand comment, that's this year's Josh Hader. You laughed at me. He could be in the rotation. Obviously, he's not going to have 15 strikeouts per nine, but a tall rangy lefty with amazing stuff. I like Strom. I just don't know if he's in the rotation. Yeah,
0: I, I did laugh at you just because hater, I mean you're reaching for the moon here. And and I don't blame you. I I liked what I saw too and we had a little bit of a discussion about this. I think there's something there. And I don't think it's just this fact that this week he he made his own best shape of my life kind of comment. You know, if he's confident in his, in himself and his health and the Padres are going to think about him as a viable number five starter candidate, there's a lot of sleeper potential there. I'm I'm on board with you here. He looked good. So did Shane Bieber. And you're right. Lucchese, he had the better stat line of the two of them. But uh, all three pitchers did did definitely capture our attention.
1: The hitter that captured my attention was the cleanup hitter for the Padres. They have five outfielders that I think are worthy of playing regularly. But Fran Moraes is not a lock. He batted clean up, hit a couple rope doubles in this game. He's so big and strong. And if you look at his numbers from last year, you can see a path to 30 home runs if he just gets 500 at-bats. I have to think that Myers is San Diego's left fielder. Um, the center fielder is going to be some combination of Manuel Margot, who's good defensively, and Franchi Cordero, who can really hit. I think he was a number five hitter. I think Hunter Renfro is in some danger here at playing time. People are going to be drafting him based on last year's numbers. I think Framo Reyes maybe can do better than Renfro. What are your thoughts there? Uh,
0: I I think he could. I I think the, the, the ceiling, if he hits it or even comes close to it, is up there above Renfro. Renfro, I mean, he's got big power, but I don't think there's an awful lot more to his game. I think Reyes might be potentially the more complete player. I was impressed as well by what I saw from him. Uh, There were two things that stood out. One is that I wasn't really expecting him to play to the extent he was in spring games at this stage of the year. I worried about whether the Padres would take it slowly with him and maybe either start him in the minors or on the DL to begin the year. This is a good sign that he's hitting well and playing this early. Um, The other thing, too, is there's the opportunity, as you said, Travis Jankowski, with his injury, clearing up some space in that outfield. Reyes could very well make the team as a result of that alone. And if you want a, a super geeky stat as to why Reyes is so intriguing. The geeky stat of the day.
1: Holy freak out. The geek is on. We're
0: His 350.1-foot average fly ball distance last year was fifth best
1: among players with at least 250 plate appearances. I think Reyes might beat out Renfro for the right field job. I, I might just rank him better at this point. And Margot, I just can't even make the case for Margot anymore. So, that's my thoughts. And then the other game was Rangers-Dodgers. Kenley Jansen with his 89-mile-per-hour fastball in that game, which he said didn't matter. He didn't care. And I'm I'm not moving him on my rankings because of it. Um, we saw Lance Lynn pitch poorly. Alex Verdugo hit a few doubles. Uh, Willie Calhoun looked like he was in better shape. He's probably mm-hmm. the starting left fielder, right? Uh there's the
0: service time question. I mean, they could throw Hunter Pence on the roster. So, I, tend, I, I tend to think that, that if Pence plays as, you know, he's played well enough at this point, looks healthy. I think it's those two going head to head. And I could see the scenario by which they put Pence on the roster to buy Calhoun a little
1: bit more time. Uh, let's get to some other news here. Bryce Harper did sign with the Phillies after our last show. I was wait, what? with that. Wait, what? What happened? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was in a little bit of shock. Um, I moved him up. We both have him ranked as a fringe second-rounder and a 12-team league as a second-rounder. He's going to be drafted better than that. We know that. He's he's a high-profile player. Uh, it's a great ballpark to hit in. Um, your brief thoughts here on Harper of the Phillies? Um,
0: he, he is an overrated fantasy baseball player. He's still a very good baseball player. And in any league that's not traditional, in other words, scratch-batting average, start going to the things that include walks, rewarding for on-base ability harper is a lot more attractive a pick but this is a good ballpark for him to be in it does give some righty lefty balance to the lineup that's a plus they have a lot of options in the lineup and the constructions i see here really boost harper's potential in terms of runs in rbi maybe not significantly more than it was in dc but this is a better landing spot than a lot of the other ones rumored the ones in the west with those pitching friendly ballparks i would rather see him here in philly
1: the lineup, to me, is McCutcheon, Segura, 1-2, Harper, Hoskins, 3-4, Real Muto, who I spent a lot on in the labor drafts, uh, 22 bucks, which was actually the price we had listed uh, in our projections, number five. It's a good lineup. Um, you know, it works for me. I think it's a good team. Yep. Um, other news here? I guess we should briefly discuss our labor drafts. We'll do that after the injuries. So, Luis Severino of your Yankees, uh, sore shoulder, Probably you'll miss a little bit of time in April. How concerned are you? Did you move them in your rankings?
0: I did, and I am concerned. Uh, I, I mean, you don't want to see shoulder issues. I mean, you and I talk about this so often that it actually scares us a little more from the lingering injury perspective when it's the shoulder rather than the elbow. I mean, the elbow, the big risk is the Tommy John surgeries. Uh, this is going to cost some time at the beginning of the year. One of the other things that strikes me is the Yankees, you know, they're perceived not to have much rota- rotation depth, but they do have options. Domingo Herman, Jonathan Luay-Sega, uh they could throw one of those guys in. There. I think Herman is actually kind of an interesting AL only sleeper pick. You want to throw a buck his way at the end of an auction or take him as one of your final picks. He did have a decent ex VIP last year. The peripheral numbers were very good and he had a solid outing just the other day.
1: He'll probably be on my do not draft list. Um, I think what tends to happen here with starting pitchers and an early March injury is if we know they're going to miss the, their first start or two, people just give up and, and don't want any part of it. They're afraid they'll miss you know, months. But in this case, I was scared already because of what happened in the second half last year. I understand his FIP was better than his ERA, but he seemed to have some command issues. Um, I'm just concerned in a general sense here about Severino. I, I I won't drop him out of my top 20. That seems silly. But he's out of my top 10, and um, he's just someone I'm – look, when push comes to shove in whatever round that is, four, round five, I'm just going to take somebody else. So um, Contrasting you know, that's two players. of how it works.
0: Would you uh, would you take Clayton Kershaw or Luis Severino? That was one of the questions I was. Neither. I,
1: honestly, they're both in the
0: same boat. You have boat to take one, me. if you have to take one.
1: Why do I have to take one? Why can't I? Take I'm making you take Derek one, Cole. Because right
0: I'm, I'm making you take one right now. That's the question.
1: <laughs> Severino. I'm less worried about Severino. I'd agree with you. Yeah. But I'm just not going to take either one. I mean, it'll be Carlos Carrasco or Trevor Bauer if I have to take a pitcher there. And I, I'm finding that I'm not taking. I'm taking. I'm trying to take one top-ten pitcher in my drafts. Then mm-hmm. I tend to wait a while and take the secondary market. Miles Michaelis, who I spent money on in, the, in our labor, is one of those guys who I like. So um, we'll see where Dallas Keiko lands. It could be the Yankees now. That would make a lot of sense.
0: Well, other than that, they'd have to lock him in for a long-term deal. We'll see. I mean, if he takes a one-year deal where he's just trying to put himself back in the market next year, I could see the Yankees being involved. I don't,
1: I'm not sure well, what direction they're going to go. The Yankees season starts in three weeks. If if Dallas Keiko and Craig Kimbrell wait any longer, they're not going to be pitching at all in April. At some point they're going to have to take a one year deal. Or they just don't play this year. Right. Which I guess is possible. There's a guy, um, our friend Steve Gardner actually took Kimbrell for eleven dollars in both NL labor and AL, which means whichever leagues he signs he signs in, he's getting them, but he'll lose him in the other. What if he doesn't sign at all? That, right. that I think that's actually possible. But I, and that's I why think Kimbrell and you may think I'm nuts. But, look, season starts in two weeks. So my latest rankings update, I moved Kimball to, like, the number 15 closer. Not only am I concerned about his skills eroding a little bit, but at this point he ain't pitching in April, and he may not pitch at all. So, right. yes, if it came down to Wade Davis versus Craig Kimball, which is a ridiculous comparison, at this point I would take Davis. Right, in in
0: and I've been moving these free agents down considerably. Kimbrel's the one that I hadn't. He's the one I've been taking a chance, been willing to take a chance on. But I do absolutely see your point. But we we should we should note that it yeah, it's two weeks away for the the games in Japan. Three it's weeks. Three weeks okay. and one day for the and, others. But three weeks and a day. Remember where we were last year with the players who signed late, the Alex Cobb's, the Lance Lins? It did seem to have an impact on them in the early weeks. So in addition to Kimbrel. We, we don't know where he's going to wind up and whether he has the full uh, grasp of the closer's job. Do we know that whether he's going to be up to the task of it on opening day anyway?
1: He ain't pitching opening day, no matter what team he's joining. I would agree. I think it's a long shot now. Let's, uh, let's bring in our editorial watchdog here, Leo, because the season starts on the 20th, but most people may not have drafted by then. So what happens if you draft the good Chris Davis, if you draft him into your active lineup, And will these stats count when the season starts for all those other teams?
2: Uh, Yeah. Basically, when you draft, the player will be put into a spot on your roster. And if that spot is a starting spot, uh, you will get the stats that he accrued in that scoring period. So the first scoring period is the Japan games and then the extended opening week, basically, uh, all together.
1: That's like 10 days, right? Yeah,
2: exactly. Um, I think it's
1: 11. Yeah, it's 11 because of the Thursday. 11 days because Thursday, right, right.
0: But a lot of the teams have uh, increased numbers of days off. So the, the number of games will probably be balanced between
1: most squads. Okay. And we'll get to, you know, do you want to have the pitchers active for the Japan series when we get a little bit closer? We're going Monday, Thursday, starting next week, by the way. So the last Wednesday show. And then it's Monday, Thursday from here until they tell us to stop or they turn the lights out or whatever. But it, hopefully until the end of September. Eric, can um, I ask other a quick stuff?
3: question to Leo before you move on? Sure. If you draft – uh, understanding the games have already been played, do you have the option within the draft to be able to move guys if they are drafted into your starting lineup and you move them to the bench or you draft them as a – No. The first guys that you draft, as long as they slide in your starting lineup, then yep.
2: that's what it is. Yep. If you've already drafted someone who's in your DH spot somehow and then you take Chris Davis, Chris Davis will go to your bench. Gotcha. so and but here's, So here's the thing to note. Even if you draft before the season starts, there is a new feature this year that is different from past years but it's more similar to football in that players will lock at the time their game starts. So you don't have to have your whole lineup set. When the first Mariners A's games start, you only have to have your Mariners and A's set. So if you draft before those first games and you are in a weekly league because daily leagues, daily leagues, you already did this anyway, but in a weekly league, you don't have to lock everyone on those first days. You just have to lock your Mariners and your A's.
0: So there's one guy then that case that we're going to have to all keep an eye on. And that's Malik Smith.
1: He's probably not playing in that series.
2: Right, but um, that's
0: that's one where if the team lo- you know, if the team locks with players inactive versus not active lineups, just be active. very careful about how you draft Malik Smith. That's a part of the strategy. If you have to pick after the
1: Japan games, he might not play them. Right. I'm thinking if you draft three days after Mike Fires gets lit up, you're going to have to have it active. But that's okay because he's probably, he's probably going to get three starts that first week. Mm-hmm. So he can make up for it. Um, Injuries, Sal Perez of the Royals. He's done. It's Tommy John surgery to the catcher. I wrote up a little piece about it, the Weekend Wrap, saying I can't even find 10 catchers to put in my top 10, um, which some would say would make me, would force me into drafting Rio Muto or Yadi Molina or Gary Sanchez. I say it makes me more likely to wait until the end. And, you know, if I draft Jorge Alfaro or somebody of that ilk, I can stream if he's bad.
0: And... I'd agree. I lean more towards waiting until the end as a result of this injury. I, I will just deal with it later. There are some interesting catchers whose roles have not shaken out quite yet. I want to see how the Padres' situation shakes out. I want to see if Williams has to deal what his role is. He could end up being a utility man. We'll probably talk a little bit more about him in a second. Um, Real Muto, I liked, for you mentioned about labor, that you bought him. I actually thought that was an outstanding price for JT Real Muto. I think he is one of the few that I would call worth it, but Again, in ESPN leagues where you're starting one catcher, 10 teams in the the standard, I'm not going to be paying some sort of exorbitant price. He's
1: probably not in my top 75 picks, not in consideration. Miguel Sano is out for at least April. I'm done. I I don't want to say I won't draft him in any leagues, but how can you? In a a standard mixed, I think Sano moves out of draft consideration if he's missing a month. He struggled last year. We know he's got great power. But he, he kind of moves into like Hunter Renfro territory for me a little bit. Yeah, I know the guy can hit 35 home runs. I just don't think he will, either because of injury or playing time. And Marwan Gonzalez will become Minnesota's starting third baseman for that time. And maybe all year. Who knows when is going to play again? So your thoughts on and ask And Astadio, you know, people are going to draft him as their starting catcher in some leagues. He might not make the team. Now he has a better shot. But we don't know if he's getting 200 at-bats or, or, or 500 or zero. Right.
0: I I think that if he makes the team, other than the fact that Sano is currently projected to come back in May and that could uh, bump Estadio off off the roster, I think there's going to be opportunity for him between catcher and several infield spots, third base being one of them, second base, I know he played there a little bit, DH and first base. I think they even dabbled in left field with him. There'll be enough opportunity for him to bat 200-plus times. I do find him one of the the, the high-floor intriguing guys that if I'm not going to spend a... A uh, thing at catcher, that's the direction in which I'm going to go. Uh, so no, I, I paid 12 bucks for him in labor, and obviously this was before this injury, this setback. There was a positive thing reported about him on Friday right before I drafted him. I got him for 12 bucks. I thought it was a good price at the time. Now, don't like it. But I already had adjusted for the fact that Marwin Gonzalez was there, that Astadio could steal some at-bats. So to me, this isn't devastating. It's bad news. I'm probably not picking him in my future drafts, but I don't think it's cat- uh, catastrophic.
1: Right, and as I look at your Labor AL team, a bunch of those players are actually on my Plant My Flag column, which will be uh, posted on Thursday. Your column on Do Not Draft is posted today, is that correct? Yes, <laughs> yes it is up right okay. now. So everybody should check that out, and uh, I know a few of the players on that list, and I actually some of them I don't agree with, but we'll get to that on a future show. I like your team. I mean, I like some of the – I like Bregman and Merrifield. Um, Yandy Diaz, I think he's a breakout performer this season. I like that a lot. Um, my team, you know, if I was going to write about it, I would say it's okay to, in an auction, you know, take a few players early because you're while people are still establishing prices, I ended up getting Machado and Javi Baez at $31, whereas they weren't among the top 10 prices in the whole auction. Right. And they're obviously top 10 NL-only players. So I did well with those prices. They have to perform, of course. But, like, Cody Bellinger went for $5 more than those guys. So – well, there, I didn't plan on doing that, but I wanted to spend some money early and get a good baseline of talent. I yep. thought I did. I think, um, uh,
0: as a matter of fact, the fact that you jumped in at that time when the prices were a little bit soft in that portion of the auction was a smart move. And I, this is something I advise to people. There's that tired cliche in auctions where don't show up the first hour. But people have been suggesting that for, for
1: decades now. And very often these, these the best were the, values were early. That was the second and third player off the board. Yep. Like, and you the first player off the board was Trey Turner at $42. I wasn't mm-hmm. going that high. Um, and then when Baez stalled at 31 I was like, fine with me. I mean, like, I would have paid, like, 34 or $35. Yep. So it worked out. Anyway, be active early in your auction just in case players look like bargains. I was using uh, ESPN's projections and for the auction prices, and it turns out it looks like a good team, at least projected-wise. But then again— In our projections, this was, this team is, is projected to win. In someone else's, it was 10th. So you right. never really know
0: for sure. Yeah, yeah. The ESPN projections like you, but all oh, big surprise, right? I mean, it is a good team. I I do like this. I mean, you you and I discussed this team a little bit afterwards, and I, I question only one guy, and I don't really have a right to because the only criticism I'd have for the example being Madison Bumgarner here at sixteen dollars is just that it turned out later in that auction that some of the other pitchers who were really not all that much less valuable in my estimation were going for. Deep discounts, but that just happened to be how much money people had left, where they were in the auction. There was a real soft period later on where, you know, you saw
1: guys like John Lester going for six bucks. Yeah, Garner could no, it's a mistake. It's a it. mistake. He could it, return clear, that value. He could return the value, but I didn't have to do it. And John Lester went for seven. I could have gotten John Lester and Mike Alfranco for the price I paid for Bumgarner, so it was stupid to do what I did. Um, but it doesn't mean he can't earn that money. It's just I could have better allocated the money. I didn't know that I was going to get Julio Tehran for only two dollars. That's ridiculous. There, there's so always
0: one part of your auction where you're going to feel like you know I could have done this a little bit better. I I I, I challenge anybody to come up with an auction where they're like, nope, I I did perfectly. It doesn't oh, no, happen.
1: Nobody. No. You're lying. Uh, if you say it. For, Kershaw was twenty dollars in that auction. I brought him up at thirteen, and for like a second or two, I was scared I was going to get him, and I thought, well, thirteen's okay, but I'm not saying fifteen. And um, he went for 20, which we have no idea. Update, is Kershaw pitching in April? Do we know? He's clearly not pitching opening day, right?
0: Well, there was better news about him over the weekend, which is one of the reasons I asked the Severino versus uh, Kershaw question. It looks like he now is on the mend, but we still don't know if he's ready for
1: opening day. All right. Well, we're ready for opening day. After this, we'll talk about the Vampire League, and Kyle will read the Hash Browns. All right, Kyle, the floor is yours. Give us an update on the Vampire League. And for people who didn't listen last week, what is it?
4: And how does it work? When are we drafting? All that stuff. Sure, we got such good feedback on the Vampire League. We're actually going to make it two leagues. Two Vampire Leagues, and we've got it filled. We've got everybody chosen. Tristan's going to be the Vampire in one league. Eric's going to be the Vampire in the other league. I'm going to tweet out all the winners later today, so stay tuned to your Twitter feed. It'll be coming through again for those unaware. Of vampire League. Eric and Tristan will be participating in a listener league, 12-teamer, where they don't draft a single player. They don't draft one. They watch you take all the best players off the board. Then they comprise a team based on who you didn't want. The garbage. It should be easy for you guys to beat them, but I'm thinking it won't be.
3: If, Do you guys have to pick which vampire you are out of, uh, you know, like, Eric? Are you, uh, are you the Tom Cruise vampire from Interview with a Vampire or? <laughs>
1: I'm Grover the monster. Hey, that's not even a vampire. He's You're not totally even playing along.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I don't
1: know any vampires.
2: I mean, if if Grover was a vampire, we wouldn't know because I feel like that sort of content wouldn't make it to Sesame Street. So he totally could be. He could be. What about that guy hmm. from
3: True Blood? What was the oh, uh, geez.
1: The Swedish guy?
3: Yeah, <laughs> I mean that looks. I mean, that, I just I think of Tristan when I see that guy. It looked like oh, fun. I think okay, Tristan I should be Count the- Chocula. The-
1: Yes. Okay. Oh all yes, right. so I have Count Chocula. Chocula. <laughs> oh, that's, now we yeah. just got
3: to find Eric's spirit vampire. <laughs> you work and, out You
1: that. know, Kyle left out the best part of during the season. Yes, we're not taking any of good players in the draft. But when after it happens, if I beat a team in week one, I get to choose any one player from that team. So if I yeah. beat the Mike Trout team in week one, I can take him. So can Tristan. Yep. And the other thing is, we get all the free agents during the season.
0: Well, we not not all, not crack. every one of them, but we, the, the vampire we the team. We the first crack. Right. Like in the football traditional sense, the only person who can make any moves the entirety of the year in football is the vampire team. And this one, that would be pretty tough for baseball. So, Kyle, you're going to explain how that goes?
4: Yeah, it's basically going to be free agency bidding where we're the only ones with money. So, But $0 bids are allowed. So if you want a player, bid on them. If we want them too, we're going to get them. But if we don't want them, then whoever bids on them, it'll go waiver right. priority gets. So, in so a we have dibs. <laughs> that's all right yeah the bidding
1: is only like every sunday night or monday morning it's like a weekly right sure yeah yeah we're not bidding on thursdays
4: no no there'll be one okay. bidding period so you just like any normal league, you got to get your bids in just know that if we want the same guy you do we're getting him because we didn't draft a single play right
1: hey uh, be fun
0: yeah are we gonna do weekly or daily uh for lineups that's weekly,
4: right? yeah you. we can do weekly i mean you guys are the two vampires so i I would defer weekly. to both of you, but yeah, we'll, we'll stick with weekly to make it less, make it easier to keep track of.
0: Yeah, you, you know, vampires need their sleep, so,
4: you know. Obviously. It's weekly. Sure. We sleep during the day. <laughs> so they're awake when the games are going on, unless it's a weekend. <sighs>
0: uh, it's so we sleep during the day or we run outside in the sun with a blanket over our head so we don't melt.
4: Oh my god, if we see Tristan running with a blanket on his head, I'm going to love this Vampire
1: League.
4: <laughs> okay. Eric, I, you're I Eric love Cullen the From Twilight, that's who you are.
3: You're, no. the guy, oh, you're the guy. You're the guy from well, Twilight. I,
1: I am not. No, <laughs> that's unwatchable. I refuse. Uh, I, I'll take True Blood, but not that.
3: All right. So Bill, I think is his name. I, it was Bill something? Work. He was. Like, <laughs> I mean, and you know. <laughs> Let me look. <laughs> Bill doesn't sound like Let me like a do some research. Bill Compton? I think it was Bill Compton? Is that right? Uh, sure. you dated Sookie Stackhouse for like the first three seasons. I hate that you
4: know this. <laughs> what? Come, Come on. We have a vampire expert here. Jeez. I, and it would appear that Why way. Why don't you do oh. some research we, for the league you're putting yeah. together? I know, right? Anyway, these drafts will both take place next Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Again, we'll be watching you draft and we'll be picking up the pieces, but make sure you're there. We'll send out invites once I get your emails through the the tweet that I sent out this afternoon. And if, I'm Cal, people all have... I'm going to put all the
1: tired Phillies in my queue. Sure. If we, so like my first round pick is going to be like Steve Jeltz. I like it. You know, we'll somebody
0: get those, nobody would take. We'll get those leagues set up so that people can see what the league rules and settings are. Yeah, and if people yeah. have questions, they can ask us.
4: Yeah, yeah we'll so. have it set up in the next few days. So at the very least, you'll have the weekend to plot a strategy to beat the experts, which I don't think you're going to do.
0: All I can say is good luck to you all. <laughs> do we have any, like... Thunder claps, sounding things to you know.
4: Uh, Daniel uh, wanted me to research vampires. I think it's on,
3: <laughs> on him to produce a podcast now. I have no idea. I don't think so. Sorry, uh, Tristan. Stay tuned. Uh, we
1: don't I'll, sound uh, threatening at all. I'll take Bill Compton. That that works for me.
3: Bill Compton works, right?
1: Wow. Yeah, okay. Okay. works. Anyone better looking than me? That works. Basically, everybody on the show. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> good <works>. lost
4: <luck>, people. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Suki. What do you got? <laughs> I don't know if that's me. Is Daniel reading the question? No, questions? that's you. No, that's you. All right, we've got a Keeperly question here. He wants you to rank these three pitchers in order. Blake Snell, Luis Severino, Carlos Carrasco. Uh, keep- keeper? Keeper League, yes, sir.
1: Well, you, obviously you did Severino our has to be third. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Snell would be first, Carrasco second, Severino third for me. I, I would Carrasco go, is older. I would go with Kyle's
0: order.
4: No, Severino, Severino over Carrasco Yep
0: I can see you the Carrasco in, one though.
1: You seem confident in Severino being fine
0: I, I, I just If it's two weeks It it doesn't matter from a keeper perspective He's every bit as is good it as ever? Carrasco Is it ever two weeks? No but Carrasco's is
1: not exactly the, the Perfect model old. of health either No you're right he's older He's he's. I might be wrong on that one
4: Okay Alright Next, PR wants you to sell him on Clevenger over Tyone or vice versa in a standard redraft league. I can't. I mean, there's
1: good to both. Tyone, Tyone seems like a potential top ten guy. If to me, the strikeouts are there, the ballpark. I, I doesn't. I have Clevinger in a bunch of leagues too. Like I love the strikeouts. Doesn't t- seem to go that deep into games. I could be wrong. Your thoughts? Um,
0: I, I can make both of these cases. I'm going to for Tyone just because I like him so much. Uh, Final 21 starts 16. Quality starts 263 ERA uh, with 23% of the batters he faced. And the reason that he did that was that that was when he leaned on the slider. Threw it uh, about a quarter of the time from June 1st forward. And I think that gives him a chance at increasing the strikeouts. And if that happens, I think he's going to be ahead of Clevenger. Clevenger's got really good stuff, though. If he could get to 200 innings, there is a good chance that Clevenger gets into the top 10 starting pitchers. These these are two very intriguing, possibly profitable pitchers that are going like 18th of their position.
4: Sounds like
1: optimism. I think they're both, yeah, I mean, they're both obviously top 20 starting pitchers in our rankings. I mean, I would take
4: them both now over Kershaw. So would you, right? So, yep. Yep.
1: Um, okay. To so back That's you up fair. on
4: that, Eric, Clevenger completed seven innings just once over the last three months of last season. That,
1: that's the thing. When I was watching, I was thinking, "How are you going to win games doing that?" I mean, you can if your team's scoring lots of runs, but right. he seems like a—he's capped it at the upside for wins at like twelve or thirteen. Where where Tyon, I feel I like can do a little bit more. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I like yeah, that, them both that bullpen behind him. I, I do have some questions about
0: it.
4: I think we should. All
1: right. But I don't draft for wins anyway. So all right.
4: Next. Ted's got an NL Keeper League question. He got offered Freddie Freeman for Aaron Nola. Does he take it?
1: Yeah, it's impossible to answer that. They're both top 10 NL-only options. And they do vastly different things. If you want a rock hitter to build around, that's Freddie Freeman. If you want a rock-starting pitcher, that's Aaron Nola. How do you answer that question? You, You would need context on what else he has, what type of a league it is, right? Right. Let's say if it's an NL
4: keeper and you're drafting in the first round, both players are on the board. Who are you building your team around?
1: I'm more likely to build around Freddie Freeman. And I'm a Phillies fan, and I'm telling you, I I want the hitter who I know is durable, who provides power and batting average. It's a four-category hitter. I don't care that he plays first base, you know, with the theory being you can get a first baseman later. I love Aaron Noah, but he's still a pitcher, and pitchers are not as durable and reliable as hitters are. Freddie Freeman is arguably one of the top five most reliable hitters around. Every year. Same mm-hmm. numbers. Healthy. I mean, unless he's getting hit by pitches like he was a couple years ago. But I think in, in labor, Freeman was $32. Nola was 31 uh, You know, for keeper purposes, they both should age well. But in a general sense, I almost always, if it's a top hitter versus a top pitcher, go with the hitter because they're more reliable going forward. Not just for this year, but in future seasons.
0: I mean, that's the thing. Like (laughs) The hitter is generally safer from a long-term building perspective. Nola is four years younger. Nola actually did finish higher on the player rater last year, 14th overall to 25th for Freeman. But Eric, I like your Freeman thoughts here. I think he's a very smart hitter. He made some changes last year that took away the power that concerned me, but at the same time he made himself uh much safer a pick he elevated the floor the batting average is not going to be a concern if he continues to go with a line drive approach he could match these numbers for the next four years i i feel better about that
2: i actually recently made a trade in a dynasty league that involved freddie freeman i gave up garrett cole to get him and so i would say sure but that's because in my context, I didn't have a first baseman. It's a pretty deep league, sixteen teams, and I had a couple extra starting pitchers. So to Eric's point, it really is a league context thing. Like how deep are your keepers, who are you keeping? Because like in a vacuum, it's almost like flip a coin, do you prefer hitter or pitcher? Um, and how many do you start? If you have to start like thirteen pitchers and only one first baseman, then maybe Nol is more valuable. Uh in my league context, I went with Freeman instead of the pitcher, but you can kinda go either way on it.
1: And Tristan and I are competing in a draft tonight, and I looked briefly to see who was available. It's an auction, and we all, we each have a number of keepers. It's an odd new format, so it's a little different than normal, obviously. And um, and Freeman's out there. Votto's out there. There's a bunch of first basemen. Yeah. But in that context, you t- there's no corner infielder. Right. So that takes away one spot. So yep. there, and there's always first baseman available in free agency. Freeman won't be, but I... I'll, I'm more likely to spend my money filling my other infield spots than I am first base. Um, and I already kept Ryan O'Hearn at $5. So I have, you know, he's not as good as Freeman, but I'm in on O'Hearn. So if I drafted Freeman, that means O'Hearn's my utility. And I wouldn't have a whole lot of versatility there. So I probably won't go after Freeman or Votto or any of the first basemen. Also because
0: you mentioned it's out new format. That's to people not familiar. It's a points league. Points
1: league. Yeah, and
0: in a points league, you typically want the ace pitcher. The value over replacement is significantly greater. So that's an example where the league context would drive me,
1: I'd say pretty clearly to Nola. Right there, it would be. Now Nola was capped. I don't know who. I tried to get him. Oh, that guy. I know who has him, and I'm going to get him today. Um, I'll, I'll <laughs> offer him whatever he wants. <laughs> I do like to. I, I like to roster players from my favorite team. In a few leagues where I can, whether it's a fantasy or a sim or an odd new. I'm sure yeah. you do too, as well. I have a um, judge on that, yeah. But I can honestly say I didn't bid on Real Muto on Sunday night because he's a Philly. Yeah, I did, did it because I thought the price was right. And no, it turns you, out I thought it was. You did it because you wanted Real Muto.
0: I, I like that price a lot. I, I've been looking at it now in retrospect at $22. Looks better. I, I think because- he – make the $25 case.
1: Yeah, it was not because he's a Philly. And by the way, in that league, I almost always just go with dollar catchers. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find any. My, my second catcher is Tom Murphy, might not play at all. I mean, there just weren't enough catchers. Mm-hmm. So, all right, there must be more questions.
4: I got two more for you. Nick is wondering, who's a consensus top 75 player that you're even higher on than the public is? To give you some context, ADP 75 right around Jose Abreu, Lorenzo Cain territory. Both of them, <laughs> for one. I was either. Uh,
1: let me go through briefly and see if I can pick out a name or two. We'll I'll leave give you mine to see out. I'll
0: give you mine because it's so, it couldn't be more obvious. It's Nicholas Castellanos. He's By
1: going, but he's going top 50 in nope. our league. Well,
0: isn't he? he's going a hundredth
1: or later in absolutely everything else,
0: everywhere else.
1: Oh, well, then that's bad. Yes, I agree. Castellanos is in my top 75. I've reached on Whit Merrifield a few times because I want the stolen bases. You'll find that there's not a whole lot of stolen base guys you can count on. Uh, Castellanos is going where Haniger is in ESPN leagues in the sixth round. Mm-hmm. And I think That's he should. Fine. I think he should. So higher on Nelson Cruz maybe, who I think can have another fine year, a better year than last year. 30 homers, I can see that. Abrea would be one of them. Who else? These are the easier to find uh, guys I'm avoiding.
0: Michael Conforto, uh, I believe, is going a little bit lower than he
1: should. He's 80 ADP in ESPN. That's probably which, a little yeah. bit of a bargain. Little bit of one, yeah. How about Justin Upton? Discuss that. You had a, a keeper choice to make in your very strange league the other day. We're at the ballpark, yep. and you're like, why not Justin Upton? Now, his price was like $80, which yeah. obviously context, but price didn't matter for you. But Upton's right. going... Seventy three in ESPN ADP, which seems awfully late. Wasn't he like a fourth or fifth rounder last year? Yeah. Why is it going so late? What happened? He got a year so old. That's it. You know, you and I were talking about a,
0: a little bit about this while we we're watching the games. I, I wonder whether fantasy managers are uh, are a little panicky about the fact that he's not getting into spring games early. That they think there is a major injury question, and they're really just kind of giving him some maintenance here and not rushing. They, there's no need for him to get a whole bunch of at-bats during spring training. So I'm not worried at all from the injury front. I also think people just look at Upton, who has put up consistently similar numbers over the past four years. They just think there's no growth, and all he's going to do is go downwards on the aging curve. And I don't agree with that. I think he's still showing the metrics that, that say he's right at his prime level. He can repeat that. Uh, the league that you mentioned, so I can plug the column here, it's the six, It's a six-by-six the that, that format that I had written about for the past uh, 5 to 10 years at this point um, and he graded pretty well in it he actually is, is a, a good above average guy in all different kinds of formats the one place in which he's kind of a negative pick I think is points where you get a steep penalty for strikeouts
1: fair enough alright and uh, well the music stops so does that mean no more questions?
4: Yeah, one more for you Josh Donaldson's ADP currently at 102 we had a question about where do you think he finishes on the player raider
0: Project your numbers. What are your numbers? Yeah, it's going to it's gonna be like 50 or it's going to be outside the top 200. I mean, I think he's going to be healthy and have a very good year or he's going to really disappoint. I think that we're looking at a 275-280 batting average. I think he's going to hit somewhere in the range of 25 homers. I think he's going to have a good year, but I'm not convinced he can stay fully healthy.
1: How about you? Yeah, and what would give you that impression? I, I, I tend to agree. How can we be sure that? How can you be sure that anybody's going to stay healthy? But he's in a really good situation there. I mean, he's going to bat second ahead of Freddie Freeman, between Ronald Acuna Jr. and Freddie Freeman. Well, they I, might I bat Acuna fourth. They might. Uh, they say they might bat Inciardi lead off. That would be. Uh, I guess you want the guy to bat more. You want him to steal bases. If he bats fourth, he probably won't steal as many bases. That's a problem.
0: Yeah, Acuna, I mean, although like, the guys behind him, if he bats fourth, aren't really the type that are big bats that you want to take out of their hands. I mean, if Nick Marcakis bats right behind him, Nick Marcakis has pretty good strike zone judgment. You could take some chances
1: stealing bases anyway, then. People are treating Acuna as if he's bets and trout. I know they are. And I'm not that sure that, that he's there yet. Are you? I, I, um, Skill-wise, he's there. I mean, I think he could hit 30 home runs. I think he could steal 30 bases if he wanted to. I don't know if he will. I mean, the sky seems like the limit for him. But it just seems awfully fast for him to be a top 10 player. Like, Acuna over Yelich? Yes, I think I would do that. Because I just don't buy Yelich hitting 35 homers. I think Acuna has a better shot. I I feel like
0: people are not allowing any potential for profit with the Acuna prices I've seen. Acuna is going at... Yeah, I mean he he's ch- for, and especially in
1: NL only leagues he's he's going as one of the very first picks or for the highest bid in the league, and and that's important when you talk about in an auction, some players you can get for their price, you got to get some players that can outdo the price that yep. have a potential profit margin. Yep, and that's important too. And if you go over a dollar or two, like I went. We had Lorenzo Kane listed as like $25 for this format. I went to 28 because I had to have the steals. I was okay going over my budget on certain players. Mm-hmm. And then, but I got so many players for under my budget. Like I saved like, I would have spent like nine or $10 on Tehran. I got him for two. Yep. So it, it adds up that way. Like I went too much on Kirby Yates, but you know, I saved money on Chase Anderson On Jed Jerko. I would have gone to seven or eight. I got him for three. It all adds up in the end, but get some players that have a profit potential.
0: Well, you do know you're getting one thousand four hundred and fifty eight innings out of Julio Tehran, right? Because after no I'm so other... excited,
1: I might get zero now. I don't there's, know. There's
0: there's but... no other healthy Braves pitcher. He's gonna have to throw all fourteen fifty eight for them.
1: <laughs> okay. I don't see that happening.
0: No, I know. Um, but they, they seriously like he's the only one who's really healthy in the rotation and no he always gets a bad rap. Nobody just nobody likes him. He's he's perfectly ordinary. What's wrong with that?
1: You have to have some ordinary innings on a team, especially in an NL or AL only, to get you through the season. Not only is because there's an innings minimum, but even if Torian ends up at a 4.25 ERA and 150 strikeouts, that's all I need him to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and and he should do that. Win 10 games. You need a bunch of a couple guys like that. So it works out. Um, any final thoughts here um, on the weekend on what you're looking for this coming week? What I'm looking for in the coming week. Uh, Oh,
0: man, you're putting me on the spot. (laughs) My brain does not process things so well. I actually am trying to take in a good number of spring games, especially as you've seen recently. The pitchers are going deeper into games here. I was watching Pavetta and Flaherty yesterday. So I want to see which pitchers are adapting to the greater workload better than others. Flaherty looked fantastic.
1: Yeah, he struck all the Phillies out. He struck out seven in a row yesterday. Yep, And then Jordan Hicks with a uh, a four strikeout inning. Man, I yep. I think that closer situation is so interesting. There's still I think like almost half the teams have situations up to, you know, like up for grabs a closer. Mm-hmm. Cardinals is one of them. It's a good team. I could see Jordan Hicks getting 35 saves or they, five.
0: Yeah, they actually have four guys who could be extremely intriguing fantasy options if they get that job throwing Reyes and Martinez into that possible mix there.
1: That 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 yeah, the I, winner is going to be very intriguing. I want no part of Carlos Martinez right now. I, I don't, don't blame him. I don't blame him. And look, Kimbrell could go there. Like, that's the thing. Like, if you have – if you spend money tonight in our auction on Jordan Hicks and then, you know, Kimbrell signs there tomorrow, I, that would stink. Like, that's the thing I don't like about yeah. this going on and on. Like, we knew Harper was going to sign. He, was gonna re- he wasn't going. He was going to replace anybody really got good. I mean, right. Nick Williams, nobody wants Nick Williams. But um, – you know, and the Giants only, they don't even have outfielders. So if he had gone there, he wouldn't replace anybody. But Kimbrell's replacing somebody who we think is getting saves. It could be Jordan Hicks. It could be Will Smith. It could be yep. David Robertson if the Phillies take the chance for 20, 20 million dollars it's a Anyways.
0: crushing blow depending on where he signs because the person who's projected to close will no longer be closing and if they're not a guy who's elite in or a whip and case then they're not worth anything to anyone in fantasy the going to the american league on that that you, you mentioned the cardinals the the bullpen that i consider like the light cardinals that i find interesting the twins i think the twins have a lot of good arms that nobody's thinking about at all and that's another place where could kimbrell wind up there and get in the way of guys like trevor may and Trev- and uh, taylor rogers Trevor
1: may get 30 saves or he may get zero saves. That's, you know, And that's, that's a weird. huge swing in value depending on what happens with that that position battle. We are done for today. We thank you so much for listening to our little show, The Fantasy Focus Baseball, starting next week, Mondays and Thursdays. So please tune in then, and we'll be going, going with you all season long. The crew here. We want to thank Kyle Sapi, Leo Howell, and Daniel Dopp, and Tristan H. Cockroft for the gang America, we Have an awesome week.
3: Everything is awesome.
1: DARKNESS!